Hello again, Broncos country. Welcome to another episode of the Orange Weekly pre-game podcast. Your Denver Broncos are currently 0-1 to start the season in the Russell Wilson era, uh, the Nathaniel Hackett era, uh, whatever you, whatever one you want to call it. We are 0-1 to start the season. Uh Overall, we don't want to take too much away from the the post game. Make sure you guys go check out the post game podcast, which was also our Tuesday night show, and uh, listen to our outlook on that. I am joined, as always, by my good friend on some days when we're not going to talk about interior linebackers, but my good friend David. David, how you doing today, buddy? Doing super good, Jared. How about you? I'm doing I'm doing all right. I feel like there's a lot of optimism still in Broncos country, even though we started the the game the season 0 one. What do you think? Absolutely, and there should be some optimism. There's going to be some optimism on this podcast. Spoiler alert, because um, I'm feeling <laughs> I'm feeling a nice little bounce back game against the Texans here, Jared. I don't know about you. We'll get into all of that, but I'm um, yeah, I'm feeling good heading into this week. I'm feeling it. The optimism's good. I'm ready for the bounce back game. First home game of the season with the Texans, a very struggling Texans team coming to town. Guys, this is going to be a big one. We're going to get into that in just a minute. For now, let's sit back, relax, and enjoy another episode of the Orange Weekly pregame podcast. Orange Weekly. Fans, brews, and Broncos news. And we're back, David. David, yes, David. yeah. You were supposed to do it with me. We rehearsed this before the. And we're back. Okay. See, what, what what had actually happened was okay. We didn't rehearse it, and specifically remember rehearsing a bit from the Fake Doctor's Real Friends podcast, which is an excellent Great podcast. podcast. Uh, and if you haven't listened to that, you should go check it out. But yes, um, I think that he could have expressed uh-huh. his desire to do the bit a little bit more verbally yeah. as opposed I mean, we, to just trying to communicate that telepathically. We said a thing and then I, I tried to I tried to tell you you didn't catch on. It's okay, David. We all make mistakes, but that's fine. Hey David, we got Houston Texans coming to Denver this week. We have the Texans coming to Denver. Uh, on what, like you said uh, before the, the intro song, it's a bounce get back game. What's uh, what's your initial thoughts about this bounce back game back in on our homecoming game this year? Well, and uh, you know, I'm looking at the box score from the from the Colts game, and you know, it just it reads kind of like the box score from our own game. Just in that, I mean, when, when I say the Colts game, I mean the Colts Texans game from Week One, in which they right, tied right, right. twenty to twenty. Um, <laughs> so. Like, there's one team who's leading in a bunch of statistical categories here. They had 100 more yards rushing. They had 100 more yards passing. They did not win the turnover battle, though. Uh, And that was really, I think, their downfall. And so I think that, you know, it's one of those those teams in the Texans where I think you've got a similar challenge to uh, to the Seahawks just in that... They're doing some good things, but they're very, you know, a very young team on the rise with maybe quarterback play that isn't league elite. You know, not they don't have right. tenant quarterback play in the league, but they've, you know, they've got some good places here and there, some players that could give the Broncos trouble. Ultimately, though, it's a, a game the Broncos should win and should win by a couple of scores. And you know, we see the betting line is ten points uh, right now in the Broncos' favor. I don't know if they'll get there. 
but I do think they'll erase enough of the mistakes that we saw in Seattle to get that win this week. Jared, what about you? Yeah, I, I agree 100%. I think I really do believe we should have not just beat Seattle, but we should have beat them pretty handily at the end of the game. We shouldn't have been even close. And uh, we just we just couldn't figure out some things. So I, I have faith in Nathaniel Hackett and his coaching staff. And I have faith in our Broncos team to kind of overcome some of those obstacles that are overcomable. It's not like we're getting beat on the line. We're not getting beat in one-on-ones. We're beating ourselves in the red zone. And we're beating ourselves in penalties. And those are two things that you can easily fix in the course of a week. Uh, and especially with Russ coming back and not getting booed as he enters a, a stadium. Um, I think I think he'll have a little bit more confidence throwing the ball. Um, there was times, David, I, be, before we go on, I do want to talk just a little bit about it. How do we feel? I know Russell Wilson, he looked real good at times. And then there were some times he, he looked out there, he looked a little frazzled. You think it's the, the new offensive scheme and the new coaching uh, staff and, and his new players? Or he, he looked like some of the balls were not being delivered probably as well as he, we've seen in the past from him. Yeah, I think there was. I, I know that nobody on the Broncos staff and certainly Russell Wilson would never admit it. But I think there was a little bit of an emotional element to that game for him going back to Seattle and, and yeah. trying to, to master. I, I don't know about nerves for a guy like him at this stage in his career, but I do think there's something to that. I think there was maybe just a little bit of extra adrenaline flowing for him, a little bit yep. of maybe willingness to force it uh, a little bit or, you know, a, a willingness to try and make spectacular plays just for the name of making a spectacular play just to shut up the audience that was booing him the entire time. Cause I don't think he expected to be booed uh, that loudly and that lustily yeah. throughout the game. You know, uh, when, when you first come out, when you're first introduced, sure, I get it. But man, they, those 12s did not let up on him the entire game. And I do think that having the friendly crowd behind him will probably make a little bit of a difference this week. Yeah, I think a little bit momentum switch, a little bit of momentum shift. We really never got full momentum in that game. And I think playing in that, and that stadium is difficult. I, I mean, we never got momentum because they scored right off the bat. And that was that was very difficult to watch. And then yeah. we just we never really came back and got momentum. If we would have scored on that first touchdown, the first fumble, we probably would have had a little momentum. They would have been a little bit quieter. Uh, but they never they got they get a fourth down fumble recovery twice in a row uh, on the one yard line. That 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 stadium was loud. I can imagine you're right. There was a little bit of a psychological piece. And and we said it last week, David. We said we said that there is going to be some hiccups in this offense. Um, how many we had? How many delay of game penalties? Yep. Right. That was that was part of this new offensive scheme. There was there was times I think uh, on the uh, Williams fumble. I want to say what was it, David? There there was he didn't know what the play call was, or half the line was doing one thing, yeah, the other half was wasn't. The there half nobody the was on the same. Right. Nobody the was on the same page the because of it. Right, the receiver yeah. on that side of the field didn't get the audible, so they weren't blocking pl- properly. It was a mess, and I will yeah. say this: I don't. I said I said a minute ago. I think they're going to smooth out enough of the errors to beat the Texans this week. I don't expect them to be playing error-free ball this week. I think it's no. going to take a good, maybe even like half the season for them to re for Hackett and Wilson and the entire offense to really get on the same page and really be cooking with gas. Uh, I think yeah. the fact that it will take that long and that it will, we still have really good chances to win a lot of these games, including the last game, you know, the last game at Seattle, we still had a really good chance to win that game all the way up until the end. Um, I think that will, that speaks to the level of just talent overall on this team, um, yeah. which has a lot different than years past. So we're going right. to, I think we're going to have to rely on that for a little while to carry us through some uglier games, but 
yeah, I think it will get better this week. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to wonder, you know, I wish that if I could ask a question, anybody that has the insider knowledge on this, and, and I don't think this is something that's really going to ruin, but like, I wonder if it's the terminology, the new terminology, if it's new plays that they're not used to, if if maybe Coach Hackett and the rest of this team, or if, if Russell Wilson, because you saw Russell Wilson making some Peyton Manning type, I mean, we're talking about, we talked about on the show, like, who runs that offense? And it looks like it's about a 50-50 split. It looks like Nathaniel Hackett's given uh, Russell Wilson time and and ab- ability to change the play on the line if he doesn't like what he sees or if he sees something in the back. So that was nice. However, you could tell even on plays that we did get off and didn't get a penalty for, you could tell a lot of people were super confused. And I think part of that's terminology. Uh, so so I'd be interested to see. But, David, we're here to talk about the Houston Texans. Oh, man, I'm so excited, man. Um, cause yeah, home opener, the, the vibes are going to be good. Let's start with our offense versus their defense. What do you think about that matchup, Jared? Who do you, who do you like in the, like, what's one matchup you really like looking at this defense for the, for the Buffalo or for the Buffalo Bills for the Houston Buffalo. Texans. And then maybe what's one matchup that you, that makes you a little nervous as a Broncos fan. Yeah, so I love I love our outside wide receivers. I love Cortland Sutton on uh, Stingley and Nelson. I think that he has a, a huge advantage. Both Cortland Nelson or Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy on the outside have huge advantages over these guys. Um, you know, Steven Nelson's been playing pretty well in the past, but he's kind of like a, a fringe backup corner. Journey he's not really a, definitely a journey yeah. Runner. He's played he's, yeah. He's, like he, I know I remember him for his, from his years with the Chiefs. He was on that defense yes. for a long time. I think then he went to Pittsburgh, Philadelphia. He's been around the league um, for sure. And now, yeah, and you're right. Now he's kind of he's not. I, I don't think what your your starting ideal corner is, but that's you know the Texans are not deep at a lot of spots on that roster. Yep. So. And- and then on the on the other side, you got Derek Stingley, who is their uh, first round, th- mm-hmm. third third overall pick out of LSU. You got that LSU Alabama matchup against Jerry Judy, and um, I I I like Jerry Judy in that match. I, I just like taking advantage of a rookie when you guys have a guy like Jerry Judy and a quarterback, a, a, someone who's been in the league long enough, like Russell Wilson, to be able to understand that he's got a rookie out there. Now, however, I will say my only my only. Uh, kind of hesitation is uh jonathan owens who had a pretty decent game last year last week um over at the safety position other than that i like i just like our and you're probably going to hear it i'm going to i'm going to preface this now you're probably going to hear this a lot uh on the pregame podcast for the rest of the year i just like our wide receivers i think our wide receivers are probably the most underrated and one of the most elite sets and we just got to get them the ball and you saw it with russell wilson throwing for 340 yards however he did throw a lot to his running backs that's a that's a conversation for another time but i like the wide receivers versus their secondary what about you david um i kind of like javante williams um if they if they feed him the ball they've got to give him more than seven touches if this prediction is going to come yes um, but Jonathan Taylor last week with the Colts had 161 yards rushing 5.2 yards per carry against, um, against this Texans defense and Javante Williams averaged over six yards a carry against the Seahawks when he was getting carries. So I think that's a really go- good matchup for them to exploit. I know you want to throw the ball as many times as you can with a quarterback like Russell Wilson. And I know Russ wants to cook, uh, but you know, if you could dial back, the throws by Russell Wilson to maybe like even just 35 and give those touches to Javante Williams instead out of the backfield. I think you're going to get really, really good results this game. Um, One matchup I'm maybe looking forward, not so much to um, is uh, Jerry Hughes 
against Cam Fleming because we, we got yeah. confirmation today. Cam Fleming will start again at right tackle. Billy Turner's practicing fully, but they just they really want to give him extra time to get back in there. Um, so it's going to be Cam Fleming again. And at least by PFF's metrics, Jerry Hughes was the highest graded player on the Texans, and it wasn't even close uh, last yeah. week. He had... He was the their- second highest edge rusher. He was the second highest edge rusher in the in league, league, according yeah. to PFF. Now, he had two sacks against the Colts, um, and I would expect the Broncos to be keeping an eye on him. I certainly will. Yeah, especially when on the other side, I think up against Garrett Bowles, you have uh, Jonathan Greenard, who is not play- he did not play very well against the Colts, right. um, and it was really just a one-sided rush there. Uh, and, and yeah, when you, when you have... Um, Cam Fleming over there who didn't play terrible. I mean, let's, no, let's give really him credit where Chris, well. dude, yeah. I think he played pretty well against, mm-hmm. uh, 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 against the Seahawks, but yeah, I, I, you're right. I a hundred percent agree. That's something that I don't want to see. The other thing you got to keep out for is the, uh, the Kevin Pierre Lewis, who is um, getting up there in age, but is playing yeah. pretty well linebacker and coverage grade, right? Talking about um, interior linebackers being able to play pass coverage. And, um, He's someone. He's someone they got to keep out for. He's someone that you're going to see up against Alberto, and I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of that matchup. I think. I think uh, Pierre Lewis has a, an upper hand on Alberto, depending on where we line him up at and if he lines up against him. So I'll be interested to see how that how that plays out as well. Yeah. Definitely. Or or not just not just Alberto, but you know we last last week we talked about a little bit. Last week we saw Russell Wilson dumping it off to his running backs a lot, and um, you know if with Pierre Lewis coming downhill, it's going to be something to look out for. Whether it's collapsing uh, on the ball after the catch, so there's no yards after catch, so it's only a two yard gain, or you know could be worse. Now, and I'll but, tell you what, you know, just one little bit of scouting info about this Texans defense in general is that I don't think outside of Pierre Lewis, um, they have a great deal of faith in those linebackers to fit the run. Um, and we saw that, you know, we saw the 177 yards rushing by the Colts last week. Um, you know, and I, I've been just kind of following some tape studies on Twitter. They bring their safeties down, uh, uh, you know, uh, kind of at the whiff of a run on early downs. They'll, they'll rotate those safeties down into the box at, at kind of at will. Um, so you, you, if you can establish that run game early and suck up those safeties, you're going to have middle of the field shots, you know, post routes uh, and, you know, corner routes outside the numbers deep open. Um, you know, Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy should be able to feast over that middle of the field if they can get those safeties coming down early with those, with that successful run action. Yeah, don't forget Hamler being able to play in that slot position if that's where we want to pull him into. I think if we can pull him into slot, put Judy and Sutton on the outside, I think we have a really good chance of hitting deep deep middle balls. Um, I agree with you 100%. And we'll see if Hamler's able to go. Uh, he didn't he, he, oh, that's he right. did not practice today. Um, so, I mean, you know, Gregory um, got a rest day yesterday. He was back in a limited practice today. Hamler did yesterday as well, and he was not back today. So we will see if Hamler is able to go. If not... Uh, expect to see Tyree Cleveland or maybe Jalen Virgil, who I predicted might get some snaps last week and was a game day and active. Yep. So that did not work out so well for David. Uh, but no, maybe this it didn't. Week he will not be. We will see. 
Yeah, or Washington. It'd be nice to see the rookie in there. Uh, I mean, Jalen Virgil, obviously the rookie too, but I'd like to see Washington get some snaps at wide receiver. Um, yep. I think that'd be an interesting an interesting look. Um, but you're right, Jalen Virgil, the reason they kept him is to be that Hamler backup to have that speed over the middle. So it'd be interesting to see. Definitely. All right, David, what do you say? We flip the ball. Let's flip it a little bit and go to the other side. And uh, Denver Broncos are now on defense against a, I mean... I look at this lineup of the of the Houston Texans on the offense, and they got a decent offensive line for sure. Their offensive line is pretty good, but I don't really see anybody else that scares me. I don't see any real uh, skill player on the offensive side that really I'm like, we got to watch out for him. What do you think? I'll tell you, the most underrated matchup here might be the rookie running back Damon Pierce, uh, Damian Pierce. Uh, against okay. the, the uh, Broncos defensive line. Um, he's a really, really interesting running back. He only had three yards per carry uh, last week against the Colts, but he was a guy who absolutely forced his way into a job in preseason. I think he was a fifth round pick this se- this season for the, the Texans, and he took that starting running job, a running back job and would not let it go. Um, so I'm really interested to see, I think DJ Jones, you know, his PFF grade is what it is, but I think he played really, really well against the Seahawks. Um, I think you can see him blowing up a lot of their run plays, especially the inside runs uh, that you were so worried about. So I think we're going to have a good, good game against the, uh, the, the Texans from a run game standpoint. I think we're really going to be able to shut that down. Um, pass game. You know, they've got Brandon Cooks who manages to get, you know, just quietly accrue a thousand yard season wherever he ends up. But then the team that he ends up playing for never keeps him. So I'm not really (laughs) sure what's going on with that. Um, If we see a lot of Pat Sertan on him, I don't expect to see hear much of his name at all in this game. Uh, But but what do you think outside, Jared? Are there there any any other weapons that you see uh, at the receiver position for these Texans that scare you at all? Yeah, no, not at all. And and I actually, David, we agree on a lot of things on this podcast. Mm-hmm. We disagree on very few, mm-hmm. but here's one we're going to disagree on. Mm-hmm. They are going to run the ball. Okay. And they are going to run the ball well. Okay. And it's going to be, they're going to have the time of possession this game. I think we, we had the advantage of having time of possession the last game by... I think we had almost like 65% of the game we had time of... We had the ball. And... Um, Obviously, they didn't get a chance to do much, uh, but they scored in the first half. In the second half, we had the ball pretty much the whole second half. I don't see any wide receivers that scare me. I don't see Chris Moore is their slot receiver. He he did pretty well, um, but overall, yeah, Brandon Cooks. He's got the speed. Now, do we have do we have a trust in uh, Davis Mills to be able to get him the ball? We'll see. Um, I think we're going to be able to get pressure in the pass game, and I don't think they're going to get a lot going. But I also don't think they're going to need the pass game because I think they're going to run the ball all over us. And it's not because of the running backs, and it's not because our defensive line is struggling. It's because of their offensive line, only their offensive line. That's the reason why uh, oh, why I think that they're they're going to to run the ball pretty well. Um, on the out on the left side, you got uh, Laramie Tunzel, who's a great pass blocker, but he's also a great run blocker. Um, you get some guy on the edge, and you can get him over there. Did, uh, Justin McCray, who uh, didn't have a great game last game, but I think he's a good, uh, big, solid body. AJ Kane, guard on the right side. And then uh, Titus Howard on the right side as well. Both those guys are big bodies who can move players, move defensive linemen. And I think the way that we play it with Gregory and Chubb being more pass rush than they are uh, run block, 
or run stop, um, they're going to be able to take advantage there because we have nobody to fill the blocks if we open up those gaps because our interior linebackers aren't there. You're right, Jared. We just don't have inside linebackers. That's what's going yeah. on here. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, Jonas Griffith. I, I will say this. Jonas Griffith did not. He. I did. He did play well in the run game last week. Mm-hmm. Um, but he did not play well in the past game. He had a. For some reason, we had him one on one against their cut tight end. Uh, their I, second I, touchdown. We, have, we we agree on a lot of things on this podcast. I think we also disagree on the interpretation of where the blame lies on the particular play that you're talking about. That is fine. Okay. Um, I don't believe that the Texans will run the ball effectively at all. So I am looking forward to finding out how that particular matchup works out well well, uh, for one of us. Um, We will see who gets bragging rights on next week's episode of the podcast there. Yes. Yes. Next week's bragging rights. Uh, You want to make a bet on it? I mean, yeah. Yeah. All right. So if they have more, if they have more rushing yards than passing yards, I, you have to wear a visor on a show deal oh my god and if, and if they have more passing yards than rushing yards i'll wear i'll wear a, a puffball it's great absolutely you like this it a, okay this is an absolute I'm, I'm i feel like i'm stealing from you i feel like okay this is, like yeah no they're gonna have not just that they're gonna have a good amount of rushing yards but they'll have more rushing yards than passing yards which like i don't i don't know how many times in the in the last five years that's happened in the nfl at all. Yeah, no, I'm giving you I'm giving you an easy bet. You're right. You're right. Yeah, you are. Um, all right, we'll see we'll see what happens. Hey, hey, something we haven't talked about yet. Uh news came today earlier today or was it yesterday? Justin yesterday. Simmons has been put on to oh. the IR. So we got to we get to see Caden Stearns in there for a full game and not just as a backup or a nickel packages. We're going to see Caden Stearns in there um at that free safety position. Are you worried about this or do you think that the drop off in talent isn't as steep as as uh, maybe some other positions on our team. Um, we're deep at safety, so I like what Caden Stearns brings to the table. I like what PJ Locke brings to the table. Um, that being said, Justin Simmons is, if he's not the best safety in the league, he's the top two. It's either him or Derwin right. James in my book, and you just cannot fully replace a guy like that when he goes down. He just brings so many elite skills to the table. Um, I think from an intelligence standpoint, Caden Stearns is going to be able to fill in really well. He does not have the elite athleticism um, size profile that Justin Simmons has. So you, you're just going to have to deal with that. But, you know, on that on the other side of that, I don't, you know, we talked about it. I don't see there necessarily being a real nightmare matchup amongst these receivers for these safeties. And as I say that now, we're going to get burned by Brandon Cooks for a deep touchdown this week. It's just going to happen because I said that. Um, yeah, well, well so, that yeah. helps your passing yards. That's true. It will. Yeah, uh, it'll it'll help my bet, <laughs> bet chances there. Um, that being said, I'm really hoping that this these edge rushers are going to be able to step up and really m- maybe cover any holes in the secondary that might might be there this week. Um, you know, Bradley Chubb and Randy Gregory both played really, really good games from a PFF grading standpoint. Obviously, we saw Chubb get in there for the two sacks, um, including the strip sack in the second half. Um, so it's, it, it, you know, he's going to be up against Laramie Tunsil a lot of the day. That's going to be a really interesting matchup to watch. Um, but if Bradley Chubb can keep that going all season, that's going to be huge for this defense because that. You know, we, we, we've been talking about our ed- edge depth all offseason, but it was really 
the the truth of that edge depth is really predicated on Bradley Chubb returning to form, you know, being the guy he was in years past before he was injured, you know, staying healthy all season. That's going to be really, really key if he can keep that up. Yep, I agree. Uh, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate, though, Bradley Chubb, uh, not so well in the pass coverage grade and Randy Gregory not so good in the run defense grade so uh, interesting to see us all put this together and I think we, we talked about the offense having a new um, you know a new quarterback and a new offensive coordinator but we also have a new defensive coordinator out there and I think there was some some uh, confusion out there on some of the defensive play calls as well and something that they're not used to so you'll, you'll start to see it I think we're going to start to see it as the season goes on this isn't going to be a normal thing for us I, I really have a lot of confidence in that um, yeah you know I saw one I, I made you know you, you can you can only do so much um, viewing of the personnel groupings live in game and without without access to all 22 films were a little limited without that. But um, it was really interesting to see what Evero was doing, on, you know, as far as personnel groupings, um, especially on the defensive line. I think I saw at one point Mike Purcell, Deshaun Williams, and DJ Jones out there at the same <laughs> time as the three down linemen. Um, so I think... Uh, you know, I, I know we've been talking about, uh, you know, fitting the run and playing gaps, this, that, and the other thing. But I do think they're also going to be creative as far as not just putting the same three base linemen out there on early downs every single time and saying, all right, go stop the run, Draymond Jones. Go stop the, you know, I think they're going to mix and match to find the best matchups there. Yeah, and I like it, and I, I think part of that is also uh, we didn't have a preseason, so we didn't get to really see some of these guys playing together and seeing where they match up the best and where they where they uh, are the best. And I, I like it. I think our in, your interior defensive line should be able to play anywhere on the interior defensive line, and yeah. and your and that that's the one reason I I'm kind of you know edge rushers. You you know I know you're high on edge rusher. You think it's the most important defensive position in the league, but. Um, you know they're kind of one trick ponies in most of the most of the case like they have they really don't you can't bounce them around a lot of places you can put them in a couple stunts and maybe a couple folds but you can't you can't really do a lot with them you can't put them out into coverage most of the time you're not you're not putting them out into a nickel like i, I don't know i just I think that interior defensive linemen, I, I like it. I like putting as many people. You could put put three nose tackles in there for all I care, and put them all on the line and just stuff the run when we need to. Um, which is which is more to say than our offense can do because we, for some reason, don't have a power offense. Uh, I don't I don't know where that came from, but um, I'd like to see put on the field in certain situations I, that call. I was forward. about to say I'd like to see I'd like to see a power offense just once. I just want to see a, like a third and one, and we put out. You know, three tight ends and a couple extra guards, and just, just, I just want to run the ball a little bit right there. Um, but yeah, so, so that's, I, that's what I like about our defense. I, I think you're right. I think he's playing around with it. And he's trying to find out the best matchups. Uh, for those who follow hockey, they do it all the time, switching up lines to see who, who really plays well with the guy next to him. Sometimes it's great to have a great athlete, but are they playing well with the guy next to him? And are they, are they communicating and, and the right speed with the guy next to him? And I think that's kind of what he's, the, the approach he's taken for this defense. Absolutely. All right, so. Jared. Are we are we re- about ready to bounce it into a score prediction? What do you think? Let's let's bounce score predictions. Okay, okay. Um, like I said earlier, uh, the Broncos getting ten points in Vegas uh, for this game is the is the line. I hate that. 
Um, the six and a half at Seattle felt generous to me. And the, this, this Texans line was 10 at that point. I'm really, really surprised it hasn't moved at all since then. Um, and I think that the Broncos will have a hard time covering that number. I think we are going to win this game. Uh, I want to say it's probably going to be in the neighborhood of 21 to 17 or 21 to 14. Um, I'd like to say it's going to be higher than that. But like I said, I think the Broncos aren't going to iron out all of their issues this week. I think they'll do enough to win, but I don't think they're ultimately going to do enough to cover that generous 10 point spread. What about you, Jared? Um, I don't know. I, 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 I'm I'm not I'll tell you right now I'm not putting money on that uh, ten point spread I'm not I'm not going to yeah. put money on that ten point spread but I definitely feel like we could uh, if you think about it that that game Seattle kind of had the last game Seattle had one one score that was kind of a kind of a fluke just a blown coverage uh, the rest of it was pretty well done and then we had two two touchdowns fourteen points that we just left out there and and the rest of our touchdowns were give it like they weren't luck they weren't like they we, we scored on what we need to so we score those two games we're up 13 points and we cover that spread too i feel like if we if we could get rid of the the mistakes that we made in the first game and at least some of them mm-hmm. then i feel like yeah we, we could definitely beat this team by 10 points now again like i said i'm not throwing a ragers down i'm not putting some money yeah. down yeah. on this i'm not putting money down on the 10 point spread but i definitely do think we win this i don't think it's as close as people uh well obviously uh, uh, Vegas doesn't think it's going to be close, but some people think it's going to be pretty close. Um, I don't think that's the case. I don't I th- understand. I th- I th- Go ahead. I, I don't think it's going to be the case. I think we're going to win by 10 points. And okay. my, my, my score prediction is going to be, I don't think we settle field goals either. I think 21 to 16. Okay. Very good. Um, I don't understand people who just throw around money on betting in uh, this early in the season. Cause you don't, you don't know anything yet. Like, yeah, there's no trends to bet on. There's, there's just, it's just chaos to me. I guess there's yeah. some people who thrive on that, but, uh, well, maybe, maybe, maybe this is why David, because if you are, if you are wanting to bet some money right now, DraftKings has a great deal for you. DraftKings is an official sports betting partner in the NFL, and you can win bigger with DraftKings because you can put just $5, that money you're talking talk about throwing around, David, $5 on any football game, and you can get $200 in free bets instantly. Everyone can experience the thrills of DraftKings early win promotion. It's simple. This Sunday, bet on any NFL team to win if your team leads by 10 at any point during the game. So we're 10-point favorites. If the Broncos lead by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly $200 in free bets. We need you to download that DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use the promo code TPPN and you get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See our show notes for details. Last thing, David, I just got to I got to run this through you real quick. We were talking about the uh, the um Scrubs podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you're listening to your Scrubs podcast, because that's that's the one we like to listen to. We listen to Scrubs, Scrubs podcast. You guys are obviously listening to the Orange Weekly podcast right now. If you're listening to those podcasts, I like to listen to them through my Raycon wireless earbuds. What about you, David? I love the Raycon wireless earbuds, Jared. Tell them about the gel tips, because that's my favorite. Yeah, oh, it's 
they look, feel, and sound better than ever because they have those optimized gel tips. Mm. David, you knew about those optimized gel tips. They're perfect. They fit in the ear. They're nice and tight, and they're 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 comfy. And just every time I put them in my ear, I'm just like, mmm, like it just like it feels like a pillow right in there. Yeah, it's like oh, a I puffy see. cloud. On top of that, I only have to charge them every once in a while because they give me eight hours of playtime and a 32 hour battery life. Plus. Uh, Raycon are priced just right. You get that high quality that you get on some from some of those other products at half the price of those other premium audio brands. Brands. All right, so we got a couple things. We got three customizable profiles in those. You can change them up for you. Earbud tap functions. Turn them on and off with the taps. Noise isolation. You also have an awareness mode so that it makes sure if you are in a high in a high priority area that you need to be able to hear, it'll let you know. Um, it'll turn the, the music down for that awareness mode. What we need you to do, go to buyraycon.com today and use the code TPPM15 to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's that's code TPPN15 at buyraycon.com to score 15% off. That's buyraycon.com, code TPPN15. All right, David, we got our score predictions in. We're ready for Houston, I think. What do you think? I think so. I think there's only thing, one one thing left to do. It's for the players to go out and play and make us look really smart by nailing our score prediction. So I think there's only one thing left for us to do, though, Jared. I think there is only one thing left to us to do. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, make sure you guys are following us on all the social medias. Really appreciate you guys year in and year out. This is year six for Orange Weekly. This is year. I think this is year five for the Orange Weekly podcast. Thank you guys so much to our dedicated fans for listening. Uh, make sure you're telling your friends, family, loved ones. And um, David, we ended always on a very strong Go Broncos. Go Broncos. Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news.